Alright, you got your Bibles this morning. Open them up to the book of Daniel. How appropriate is that, huh? The book of Daniel. We're going to talk about the life of Daniel today. Daniel was a Jewish youth when he became a captive in Babylon. He, uh, uh, you know, Babylon at that time was uh, the capital of the world, if you would. It was the world power. It, uh, Babylon is uh, what is present-day Iraq. Babylon was about uh, 50 miles south of Baghdad. And uh, Daniel was a, uh, was a captive, captive there. Uh, the nation of Israel had gone into captivity uh, to Babylon for 70 years, and that's significant because that was somewhat of a judgment of God because for 490 years, uh, the nation of Israel had not been keeping their, their uh, uh, seventh year Sabbath. So after 490 years, God took all the Sabbaths at once, and that totaled up to 70 years where the land could lay dormant and, uh, and, and not be harvested. We find that these good people, such as Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were caught up and they paid the price for the sins of their forefathers. But even when, when that happens, we see that when someone purposes uh, their heart toward God, God can individually bless them even when corporately it's a bad thing. You see what I'm saying? That Daniel's life and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's life their lives were prospered even uh, in the midst of trouble, captivity. And we see how God can do that for individuals. Um, Daniel was known as, as uh, the political prophet. He served as, as, a, as a great politician in Babylon under Nebuchadnezzar, under uh, Belshazzar, and under, under Darius. And really, Daniel introduced New Testament prophecy. Uh, he prophesied of, of uh, the apostasy of the church eventually. Um, he prophesied of uh, the Antichrist or the man of sin to come. He prophesied of the, the second coming of the Lord. He prophesied of the judgments and, and uh, uh, the resurrections. Daniel prophesied of all these things. The thing that was most amazing is Daniel, when he did many of his prophecies, he gave exact uh, uh, events and dates for those events. Uh, he prophesied of all the Gentile world powers that would come and has come. That's amazing. That gives me faith in the Word of God. Amen. That the, Many of the things, like the, uh, the coming of Jesus Christ, all those things that He gave exact times and dates and how it would fall out, uh, those things came to pass. And that's, you know, you, you, when you look at that, you'd have to say, well, that must have been the Holy Spirit that led Him through those, those prophecies. And... Uh, he, he prophesied 600 years before Christ. And, and most folks believe the wise men that came from the east to worship Jesus Christ at His birth, they must, have, uh, they must have read the writings of Daniel to be able to understand that and come for these things. Daniel's life was characterized by his devotion to God. In a strange land, that was hostile to his beliefs and to his God. 
Daniel was able, as we're going to see, he was able to convince others that his God was the one true God, not necessarily by what he said, but what his mighty God did in his life. And the deliverance that Daniel had the faith to stand up for. First I want to see, I'm going to give you the, the outline right at the beginning. Daniel purposed. Daniel prayed. Daniel was promoted. Daniel was preferred. And Daniel prospered. Let's first look at Daniel purpose. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8. The Bible says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested that the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. We see here right at the beginning when Daniel is a youth, still in captivity, in a strange land, he purposes in his heart to follow after his God. And to follow after the things of the Lord. You know, that's not passive. That's, that's a purposed heart when he got there. You know, if he was just passive, he would have just showed up in, in Babylon and become, picked up the, the, uh, the customs of the Babylonians. But Daniel was able to make the largest impact, not because of the customs of the Babylonians that he picked up, but because of his heart that was purposed on his God, that made a difference. You know, knowing your direction and then heading down that path. We've had messages here before about, you know, uh, uh, if we're going to end up at a certain destination, we're going to have to get on a path. The decisions that we make today are going to affect the destination that we go. And that purposed heart, you know, another way we might say that is a made up mind. I've made up my mind. You know, you just don't wake up one day promoted and prospered. We all understand that you're going to have to make up your mind. You're going to have to have a purpose. You're going to have to uh, know what the purpose is and then be intentional to achieve it and follow after the Lord. All of us know that God has a purpose for us. We all know that God has a purpose for each and every one of us, right? We know that. But we also know that we have to be committed to the, God's purpose for us. Just because God has a purpose for us uh, doesn't mean that we, uh, we're not going to go and do our own thing or, 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 or not make up our mind to follow God and, and search after God, seek God and walk with God and seek the truth. You know, if, if your mind's made up, if we're purposed in our heart to seek after God and follow God, when the decision comes... Because the decision will come. The choice will come. It won't be hard. Because your mind's made up. You know? When we talk about who we're going to marry or, or how our home is going to operate or what our priorities are. When we have our heart already set and already made up that, hey, we're going to seek the truth in this situation. We're going to seek God's will and we're going to put Him first. Then when the decision comes, it's not hard. We can follow after what God says. You know, Joshua, he led the children of Israel after Moses died. He led the children of Israel into the promised land. And at the end of Joshua's life, he, speaking to the nation of Israel, he said these things. Joshua chapter 24 and verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity. That's really what we want. 
in our Christian life is sincere Christians. Not Christians that are, know how we're supposed to act and we do it, uh, but, but, but do it from a, a love of God in the heart. That we, we, we uh, walk with God and serve God out of a sincere heart. And in truth, and put away the God, small g, which your father served on the other side of the flood in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord, Joshua says. And if it seem evil to you, he says to the nation of Israel, to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods that your father served, small g on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land we dwell. And then Joshua says this, and I love this. But as for me, and for my house, we will serve the Lord. Can you imagine that? Joshua standing up and says, but the decision has already been made for me and my house. That we're going to serve the Lord. We've already purposed in our heart the direction where we're going to go. We know the one true God. Joshua had the experience of being able to see what God had done in delivering the nation of Israel. And you and I, we all see uh, what God has done in our lives. Wouldn't it be great if all of us could just make up our mind, purpose in our heart right now, that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You say, well, my life, my home, right now, it's, uh, it's a long way from perfect. Well, join the club. That's all of us, okay? That's all of us. But at least if our heart is purposed, then we have a direction to go. We know the path that we're on. Hey, we're leading our family. We're leading our friends uh, in Christ. And hey, my, my mind is made up. My heart is already set to serve the Lord. When I have a choice between uh, other gods or other priorities in this world and in this life, I want everyone to know and my family to know that, hey, we're going to serve the Lord. Joshua said this and then he died. You know what I believe that that did for his family? That the last thing that their dad said is, hey, as for me and my house, for me and my children and my grandchildren, we're going to serve the Lord. That's a legacy. That's leaving a legacy. I can imagine that if that affected them for the rest of their lives as they made choices. They said, Grand- Grandpa Joshua stood up for the Lord and said that our house was going to serve the Lord and we must do that. You know, if you just go with the flow... Daniel, when he got, got to Babylon, he didn't just go with the flow. His mind was made up. He took some risks in following the Lord. He'd made the choice. Once you purpose in your heart, like Daniel did, and start heading that direction, you're going to have to start praying. You're going to have to start praying. Daniel is known uh, for, for praying. But throughout Daniel's life, as, as you study the life of Daniel, uh, he is known for his praying. Look at Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2, in verse 18. The Bible says, Then they would desire mercies of God of, he- of heaven concerning this secret. And Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the Lord God of heaven. And Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. You know the backstory that the wise men, they couldn't answer this vision that the king had had, but Daniel, the Bible says, was able. God gave him the answer to the vision that he was able to go 
before the king and give him that. If you look at verse 17, Daniel goes to his friends and asks them to pray with him. You know, prayer should be uh, the center of our, our lives. Uh, and, and, and you know, when we're in, a, in the midst of a crisis, uh, the best thing to do is run to Christ and run to Him in prayer. And maybe, hey, you got a few friends that, uh, hopefully, you got a few friends that encourage you in the Lord and love the Lord uh, that you can go to and say, hey, pray for me. i got a decision to make. I need some wisdom from God. As Daniel went that night and said, hey, hey, friends, pray that we get some wisdom here from the Lord God, the Creator of heaven and earth. And, the, and God gave him that wisdom. You know, I believe that God is the giver of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I believe that. I believe that. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who give it to all men liberally. You got some decisions to make? You got some, you know, choices in your life? Seek wisdom from God. I believe He'll give it to us. You know, He does answer prayer. Amen. He does answer prayer. By the way, He's the only one that can answer prayer. He, he, you know, He will answer. He'll give us direction. He'll give us... Uh, 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 a path, a, a direction in our life if we seek Him. Sometimes we may have to exercise some faith in waiting for the answer. But He, he will answer. And He can't answer. And He's always working things out to our good, to our benefit. He knows the end from the beginning. And so if we trust Him that, hey, He's going to answer when I need the answer. <laughs> I talk a lot about prayer here at Wellspring. We do. And I believe it's one of the most important parts of our day-to-day Christian life. It, it's got to be. You know why? It's that individual interaction and fellowship with God. You see, see how important that is? Our prayer builds our walk with Him and, and, and begins to establish our faith in God on Him. And not on other people and not on the church. But our relationship with God is personal. And that is built, our faith is built through prayer. As God answers our prayer and directs us through prayer, and that builds our faith. It builds our faith. Prayer gives peace. You know when anxiety and stress begins to build and we take that to the Lord in prayer and lay it before Him, He can really bring some peace in our life. He can bring clarity in our life through prayer. Clear direction, kind of clears out all the... Clutter. Prayer moves God. Prayer moves God. We see so many examples in the Word of God how God moves because of people's sincere prayer and cry to Him. Prayer moves God. Man, if you've got the power in prayer to move the most powerful being in all universe, think of the power that we have and the privilege that we have in prayer. Prayer moves us closer to God. You know, as we pray, that exercises our faith. That draws us closer to Him. And I'm also convinced of this, that the more we pray and seek God for answers in our lives, the more we get the mind of God. The more we begin to understand how He thinks. And the more we pray, the more we're seeking God's wisdom. And the more we seek His wisdom, the more we can see situations and things happening according to His will, and not only, not only our will. That's how we're to pray, right? Thy will be done. The Lord's will, drawing closer to Him. You know, if you live a purpose-filled life, your faith is going to be challenged. 
the Lord, he, as, he, as He directs us, God always directs us in areas that we can't handle always on our own. He does. He grows our faith. He challenges our faith. And that's a good thing. But that will cause you to pray, won't it? <laughs> as your faith is challenged, it will cause you to pray. You can't be passive. Purpose-filled will cause you to pray. You know, you know what I, I believe? I believe it's good every now and again for us to get in over our heads. To get in over our heads, whether that's it, that's in business or that's in that's in our family relationships, that's financially, that's physically, because of sickness or because of mental or whatever, where we feel where we come to the place where we say, I can't do it. I, I don't know what to do. I'm in over my head. I, I, I've stepped stepped out too far. I think that's a good spot for us. You know why? Because when we get in those situations, when we get in those things sometimes, we begin to seek God. We begin to seek Him for answers. We begin to seek Him for truth. And in seeking Him for answers, that's a good thing. And then to see Him come through for us and to deliver us and to help us. So Daniel, he purposed in his heart and then he prayed. Next we see Daniel is promoted. Look at uh, Daniel chapter 2 and verse 47 and 48. Daniel 2, 47. And the king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods. And I say amen to that. And the Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets seeing thou couldst not reveal this secret. Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. You know, it's good to understand and good to know that God promotes. It's God that promotes. And man, when He promotes, He can do it. He can do it fast. Uh, he can change your circumstances uh, real quick. Can he? Uh, he's, he's been known to do that throughout the Scripture. To take folks that are down and out and in trouble and change it quick. The Bible says in Psalm 75, For promotion cometh neither from the east or from the west or from the south, but God is judge. And He putteth one up and setteth up another. The Bible says that the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, that He turneth it whatever way He wants. Promotion comes from the Lord. You know, it's good to recognize that our blessings, that wisdom, that all those things, they come from God. And as we have that, you know, as you, as you begin to walk in the Lord and, and follow after the Lord, this will, this will lead blessing. God blesses those. He does. And, and, and He gives wisdom. And, he, and, and those that walk in faith are fearless. And other people begin to recognize that. They begin to recognize the, the hand of God. People call it the hand of God in your life. The touch of God. The blessings of God in your life. Whether they're Christians or not, they recognize it. I, the, this king here recognized it with Daniel. Remember, remember the story of Joseph? Potiphar recognized it with Joseph. That everything Joseph did, God was blessing. Pharaoh recognized it with Joseph. The, 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 hey, look at this. Saul recognized it with David. Remember that? And he became jealous of him because he saw God's hand was on him and that and made Saul fear him. But people can recognize the hand of God on a person. 
But remember that that comes from God. You know, when Daniel was promoted, he stayed faithful to God, even in the promotion. Sometimes promotion can ruin a person if they get hot or if they get proud or if they think it's because of their great talent or their great ability or their great wisdom. But not Daniel. You know what it caused Daniel to do? It caused Daniel to pray more. And that is the right thing to do. When we're promoted, when we're, we pray, then we're promoted, and then the right reaction is pray more. <laughs> Once you're promoted, pray more. Because you know what promotion is? It's more responsibility. It's more responsibility. You know when you're, you're single, you're praying for maybe a mate, and then you get married. That's a little more responsibility. So you've got to pray more, right? And then maybe you have kids. That's, that's, that's more responsibility. That's another promotion. And you've you got to pray more. You're going to be responsible for those children. You've got you to uh, instill character in those children. You've got to lead those children to Christ. You pray more. Maybe at work, uh, you've got to pray more as, as you're promoted. And maybe you have employees or things like that. You've got to pray more. Uh, the more God promotes, the more responsibility that you have, the more we're going to need to pray and not rely on ourselves and not rely on our own ability and our own talent. Look at Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6. Daniel's promoted. You know the whole story. He was over all, all the, the wise men, all the presidents in Babylon. He was, he was number two. And they were jealous of him. And they tried to find a way to trip Daniel up. But his character was so great and so good that they could find no fault in him. So they, went, went, they, they set up a decree that no one could pray to anyone but the king because they knew that Daniel had purpose in his heart. They knew that his mind was made up that he was going to serve the one true God. So they thought they'd trip him up that way and make him fear that way. Daniel 6.10 And when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, I love this. He went into his house and his windows being opened. <laughs> he had some he was he was fearless. He knew what was going to happen. This is put yourself in this in his shoes. We read this like as a little a kid story, but he knew he was going to the lions den for this. And he went home and he said, "Let's open the blinds. I want everybody to see." He, you know what he said? He said, it was God that promoted me here, and it's going to be God that keeps me here. And I do not fear. It was not man that promoted me, and it's not man that can take away my promotion. If, it, if God wants me here, then let the world see it. And he opened up the blinds to his house and prays right in front of the window. What fearlessness Daniel had. He says, uh, uh, being open to the chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled three times a day. And prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before their God. And of course, you know, he's taken, taken away to the lion's den because of this, but his mind was made up. His mind was made up. I don't, he said, I serve the one true God. And no matter what decree is, is comes and no matter what happens, it's God that I serve. And it's God that promotes, and so it's God that takes away. No one can take away what God's given you. And if we recognize it as Him, as we recognize it as God that has it. You know, any blessings that we have, anything that turns out good in our life, I, I truly believe it's going to be because we were committed, that we were purposed to do it, and that, we, and that we prayed about it and sought God's wisdom. But, you know, if a marriage works out, if, 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 if your children turn out, uh, it's not because of your, you're so special. 
It's still by the grace of God. You know, it's still by the grace of God, anything good that happens in our life. There's no one that can stand up and say, you know, I, I, I'm so good, I can glory in myself because of the great things that I have. That's a mistake. That's a mistake. If there's great things in our lives, uh, it's, it's by the grace of God that we haven't ruined our lives. I, I'm just speaking for myself. If, if, I, if, I was, if I was in charge of my life, I would make a mess of it. And so if there's anything good, it's got to be God. I give the glory to God. That's the best thing to do is give the glory to God. Don't take the glory on ourselves. That's a mistake. Look at Daniel chapter 4. This is a powerful, powerful passage of King Nebuchadnezzar. One of the greatest, most powerful kings in all of history. He had the greatest city of that time. It was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, Babylon, the hanging gardens of Babylon. It was absolute gorgeous, that city. That architect, as he stood over it and saw all the gorgeous beauty of Babylon, and he was the most powerful king of that time. Daniel chapter 4 and verse 28. And all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar, all this blessing, all this power, all this wealth came on King Nebuchadnezzar. And at the end of 12 months, he walked into the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. And the king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? We can already see he's going the wrong direction with this, isn't he? While the words, verse 31, was still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken, the kingdom is departed from thee. And they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field, and they shall make thee eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou knowest the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. God saying, hey, Big, hey, big boy, you're not as big and not as tough as you think you are. And all your power and all your might didn't come through your ability and your power. I set you up. And I'm going to take you down just to show you that I can. That's a different perspective of God's view, isn't it? Boy, when you read the story of Job, the Bible says Job was a righteous man. He was upright and all these things. But Job, at the end of, of, of the, the, the book of Job, he began to get a little self-righteous. And God came to Job and said, Hey Job, where were you when I spoke the world into existence? When I caused the wind and I separated the waters? Where were you, Job? Are you that self-righteous? Verse, uh, verse 33, The same hour was the thing fulfilled on Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen. oxen. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers. And his nails like bird's claws. And he just turned ugly. He just got a, a mess. Verse 34. And, the end of the days, and at the end of the days, after seven years, Nebuchadnezzar lifted up his eyes toward heaven. And my, uh, and my understanding returned unto me. Remember I said understanding comes from God. Wisdom comes from God. Knowledge comes from God. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored Him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and His kingdom is from generation to generation. Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar's getting the point. 
He's starting to figure it out. And all the inhabitants of the earth were reputed as nothing. And he doth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? And at the same time, as Nebuchadnezzar is humbling himself, as Nebuchadnezzar is seeing God for who he is, the power and majesty of God, the Bible says, My reason returned unto me. I can't help but think of the verse where God says, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they can be white as snow. God's calling and saying, Hey, be reasonable. Be reasonable. See me for who I am. And see me that I want to love you and I want to have a relationship with you. And I want to bless you. But the way to God is through humility. God's the promoter. No matter where we, where we are promoted, no matter what, what position God puts us in, recognizing that His the abilities come from God and power comes from God. In humility. Verse 37. Now I, King Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth and His ways judgment. And those that walk in pride he is able to obey. That's right. Learn from King Nebuchadnezzar that hey, when we begin to lift up ourselves, you know, when we begin to think that we're promoted and it's because of our own good, watch out. Careful. Be quick to be quick to pass the honor. Be quick to pass the glory to God who deserves it. Who deserves it in our life. Humble ourselves. Humble ourselves before the Lord. Next, I want to see that Daniel is preferred. Look at Daniel chapter 6. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 3. Daniel purposed. He prayed. He's promoted and now he's preferred. Daniel 6.3 Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes because an excellent spirit was found in him and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. The Bible says that Daniel was preferred above others. Why? Why was Daniel preferred? Because of an excellent spirit. Because of a good spirit. I can't think of a better spirit than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that indwells us. The Holy Spirit that brings fruits like love and joy and peace and and long-suffering and gentleness and faith and all those sorts of things. That Holy Spirit that comes because of salvation. I would say the greatest thing that a person, decision that a person could make is to know, is to know that they're a child of God. Is to know that they've been born again. Is to know that they have the Spirit of God, that excellent Spirit inside of them. And then choose to walk after that Spirit. Choose to allow that Spirit to lead us and guide us into all truth. Hey, after the Holy Spirit moves inside of us, He can lead us. He has the power to direct our paths and to show us the way to go. Trust it. Trust the Holy Spirit that's in us and allow Him to work in our lives. Allow Him to tenderize us, our hearts, and, and, and seek the Lord and seek God. That excellent spirit brings an attitude, the right attitude. You know, the right attitude will cause us to be preferred. You know, the way that we treat others and the way that we talk to others and the, and the way that, you know, in America, right now, the way, the, the way that it's all set up, uh, Christians should be preferred. And I don't say that out of bias, but I'm saying that because, hey, we've got the Holy Spirit of God in us, 
Uh, we've got the, the Word of God. We've got truth before us. We should be able to be the most fearless, faith-filled, loving, joyful, peaceful people. I mean, we've got a lot of things going for us, don't we? Uh, we got a lot of things going for us. We don't have a, 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 a lot of a, a problems here, honestly, <laughs> as compared to a lot of the rest of the world. You know, our work ethic as Christians should be the best. We, we, we work as unto the Lord. We're not working as unto men. You know, Daniel, it was obvious that he wasn't working as unto men. He took his job as unto the Lord. Same with Joseph. Same with David. Same with so many great uh, men and women of the Bible. Hey, when they said, hey, I'm working for God. So many times Christians have this weird idea that our career or our work is not part of our Christian life. But it should be. It really should be. Uh, we work as unto the Lord. You know, as you look throughout the Bible, we have this idea that, that in order to work for the Lord, you have to be a preacher or a church worker or something. But, but most of the people God used in the Bible were, were not. You know, Abraham was a businessman. So was, so was uh, Jacob, uh, successful. Uh, 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 Daniel, he, he, God used him as a politician. Same with uh, Joseph. Jo David was a, sh a shepherd and then a soldier. Joshua was a soldier. You see, so many, Luke was a physician. And so, just saying, you know, so many times we have this idea that, hey, you know, I work my job and then I'll serve the Lord. No, no, no. As a Christian, we should have faith in our work and that faith in our work will start pouring out and as, as evidence and God will work with us and use us in those ways. We should be faith-filled and not fearful, right? That's what you, hey, why, why should Christians be, be preferred? In our, in our everyday life, it's because we have charity. The Bible says charity is, is kind. There should be kindness toward others. People like to be around people that are kind, don't they? How often do you, people enjoy being around people that are mean? We don't like mean people, do we? <laughs> we like people that are kind to us. And so you would prefer to be around someone who's kind, wouldn't you? So you want to be preferred? Be kind. That's, a, that's charity, working out. It's putting others first. And put, putting other people's interests first. We can be a winner. You know, we can be a winner for Christ. And, and He can empower us to do that. And being preferred. Lastly, He prospered. He prospered. Look at Daniel 6.25. He prospered. It says... Then King Darius wrote unto all the people, nations, languages that dwell on the earth, peace be multiplied unto you, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom uh, men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and steadfast forever in his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall uh, be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of King Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. We can prosper. You know, all of us want to prosper. No, we want our, our families to prosper. We want our homes to prosper. We want our careers to prosper. And you know, you can still prosper no matter what it looks like right now. 
You know, there was a time probably when uh, Daniel, being uh, led out of his uh, native home into captivity, he didn't see the end, did he? That one day God was going to use them greatly. And, and really, God used them in the greatest way, not by his great position in Babylon, but by the great prophecies that he gave us through the Holy Spirit and Scripture. You know, sometimes uh, our, our definition of, of prospering isn't always God's definition of prospering. And God's definition of prospering is better for us than our own definition of prospering. We, we talk about a lot here that the spiritual blessing is far greater than the physical blessing. God can give us physical blessings, and He does. But boy, seeking after those spiritual blessings, those things that will affect others uh, in our time and for generations after, things that have an eternal impact, we as, we as believers should be seeking that God takes our life as a vessel and uses it for an eternal impact. And He can you know, you and I, in our, in our own power, we really can't make an eternal impact. But through the power of God, through the Holy Spirit in us, we can make an internal impact. Look, if you lead one person to Christ, that's an eternal impact. Hey, if someone accepts Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that changes their eternal destination. I mean, my goodness, I believe in heaven for eternity. I mean, can you believe that? That you have in you the power to maybe lead your children to Christ. To lead maybe your neighbor or co-worker to Christ. Well, that's, that's far greater than anything else we could build. We built some magnificent building. Hey, we could build the hanging gardens of Babylon and they're not going to last forever. If you lead one person to Christ, it'll last forever. Wow! God would use us for that. He wants to. He wants to prosper us. But if He's going to prosper us, there is the law of sowing and reaping in our life that applies to us. And in order to sow, you have to be purposeful. A farmer doesn't accidentally plant a corn or a, a, a field of corn. He doesn't accidentally do that. He had to get the seed and had to get a plant and till the ground, prepare it. You see what I'm saying? If we're going to have a harvest, if we're going to reap, we have to plan it. We have to be purposeful. And that whole purpose, our whole purpose, whatever God's called you to, should be completely and totally surrounded and encapsulated in prayer. It should be the, the beginning and the end of our purpose in life is God. And as we pray, we recognize Him for the power that He gives. Pray for that. Pray for God's purpose. Pray for God's prospering and His promotion in our life. Pray without ceasing. <laughs> the Bible says pray without ceasing, like Daniel. No matter what happens, continue to pray and God will bless. Others will prefer us as they see the Spirit of God in our life. This week, this week, ask for God's grace. Ask for His blessing. Ask for His leading and guiding in our lives, in our careers, in our family, in our children, in our homes. Amen? God can do that. He can. He wants to empower us. He wants us to seek after. Look, how, how great would it be if, you know, if, if your children come up to you and seek, seek your advice, seek your wisdom? Our Heavenly Father is no different. When we go to Him and say, God, I, I want some wisdom in my life, and direction in my life, He's going to give it to you. He's going to. He'll, he'll prosper you. He'll, he'll lead us and guide us.